Lucas mustn't get his evil hands on that alien ship. Welcome back, nobodies, to your favorite Doom Patrol podcast, this side of the karaoke machine. My name is Mark. And my name is Nathan. And today we're talking about issue number four of Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Been a bit of a delay, but we're finally talking about it. Nate, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, it, the, the delay isn't on our part, though. Come on. You know, you, <laughs> you made it seem like it was our fault. Um, 100% so, not. Yeah, yeah, and I wasn't expecting a delay for this series, but now there's been some there's been some news lately about Doom Patrol in general that I want to talk about. And um, well, let me tell you, hang, on, let me tell you something. There, there is always delays with these like, uh, like miniseries and stuff. Always, every single time. Always, 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 always. And is there a constant reason? Is there like a consistent reason for um, delays? Most of the time, it's something else. Um. So, like, they'll slot out, like, you know, the actual release dates for these uh, these books. And a lot of times they will uh, have in padding, like, uh, this one obviously uh, gained an issue. Um, it's now a seven-part series. Um, so, like, they'll usually pad that uh, within release dates. But uh, most of the time, from what I was led to believe and just understood by receiving weekly issues um titles get pushed back because something else is uh debuting usually it's a number one or it's a new title um or it's a tie-in um or there's an event that's already happening it's just like um it's kind of like a like a video game release it's like okay yeah we'll give you the release like on this date but things will happen within that time period and Mm -hmm. You know, they just go like, oh, by the way, so like this is going to run from this date to this date uh, without even putting into consideration anything else, any other event, any other new book that is supposed to be slotted. They just go, yep, here's your dates, go. So it's like Um, a roadmap. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, But, you know, at least for this one, we got an extension uh, on the series, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I'm curious if uh, this was actually the point... Like for the extension, because um, this issue uh, w- w- had had a completely different artist throughout it. So like I was yeah. wondering if they uh, kind of like not outsourced it, but um, was just like, oh yeah, okay, Burnham gets to do these, and then the other people will get to do other issues and and whatnot. So yeah, maybe so this was like a, a point. The uh, well. So the first five issues are always put up on on the internet, like people can see the previews for them, especially, you know, one through four. So this one was part of the original slot, um, and then issue five was kind of like there's no preview image yet, there's nothing, there's no um, blurb about it, but it was there. And then issue six, which would have been the finale, is still just non-existent. And so I always thought, you know, like you said, that there there would be a delay at some point. And so I thought it would run one through five, no problem. And then when it came to issue six, it would just be like, who knows when we're getting that, which I think was, um, if I remember correctly, a similar situation happened with Doomsday Clock and Jeff Johns back in, in the Rebirth era, where 
it was like one through 11 went no problem. And then issue 12, like took forever for it to, to, to finally release. And, um, yeah, now that, that, now that we are having a seventh issue to this series, um, it, it, it furthers the question that we had earlier, whether, you know, everything that we've loved about this series so far, it seems like, Hey, all this is great, but how are you ending this series in, in two more issues? Right. Um, and then there's the other part of Doom Patrol, which is the TV show, which is you know why this podcast was created in the first place. Um, we to this day we still don't have a release date or any idea when when those episodes, those final six episodes are going to be released. Um, but we have had some confirmation from, pe- for, from people who work in in DC uh, and work in, in in the movie making industry, uh, specifically James Gunn. I, I don't know why he has to answer for uh, every DC property. I'm sure he's busy doing stuff. And just because he's he wears this moniker of CEO of, of DC Studios, it's not like you would... <laughs> no one should have the CEO of DC Studios on speed dial. And especially the way that Twitter is, it just seems like everyone bombards him with like just uh, like unnecessary questions like, things that are going to be in his movies you know what dc characters are showing up and where like and and it's you know release dates for doom patrol it just seems like there's there's a whole ladder of movie making and television industry that i don't think no one like i don't know however i may feel about james gunn leave the man alone like come on now what do you just quit asking yeah you don't owe anyone anything um, and I, I'm, we're going to be patient about it, you know, like when it comes out, it'd be, you know, we'll be glad about it. I still want to say for the record though, <laughs> that as time goes on and I want to put this on the podcast now, but everything that's been going on with Peacemaker being embedded more into the, into the comic books and the fact that DC studios wants to have this interconnected, uh, media, I wouldn't be surprised, maybe, you know, since there's a Peacemaker show and there's a Doom Patrol show and, you know, they've already done a, a Passover on um, uh, The Flash and Blue, Blue Beetle, that part of me is thinking, you know, if for some reason the Doom Patrol TV show had a reshoot and, and included Peacemaker, if that happens, I just want everyone to know I called it, so... I would not be surprised if maybe James Gunn is, has a hand in Doom Patrol if he feels so inclined to say something about it. So, um, and yeah, and, you know, Doom Patrol, our Peacemaker has his own book now on the shelves. I saw that today. And um, you mentioned, Nate, that there might be an event or something that pushes issue four back a couple weeks. And there is an, a, an event that's been going on. Um, it's DC Summer Event. It's called uh, Night Terrors. And I believe it mm. involves the Sandman, and somehow um, everyone's falling into like this endless sleep, and within their endless sleep, there's all these nightmares that are happening, um, which is funny because I'm pretty sure I saw this in a episode of Naruto Shippuden way back when. But uh, it's like a similar scenario, so everyone has like their own nightmares that they're fighting, and there's a bunch of one-off or, or two-off issue runs for a bunch of different characters like Zatanna and Black Adam 
Um, and like, so all the, all the current running series of Donna DC, they will also get one. Um, but it's really cool because Dennis Culver is actually, uh, in that mix and Dennis Culver actually wrote the Zatanna one that's going on for night terrors. And so Zatanna is going to have a two, two part run. Mm. Uh, I saw something about dead man as well. Dead man's got some involvement in it. Dead man is in the main the main title for Night okay. Terror. So there's a there's a ti- uh, there's a Night Terrors like main series, and I don't know how long that one's gonna be, um, but Dead Man is like the point of view for that version. Since I guess everyone is, so I guess it, it is kind of like a Justice League Dark uh, summer event that they got going on a tie in for for everyone. Um, but Dennis Culver wrote the Zatanna one, Night Terrors, and of course, uh, you know. Got to bring the Doom Patrol in somewhere. So uh, she's struggling with uh, the Night Terrors. And so she uses her magic to pull someone in from out of nowhere to assist her, like an ally card. And out of all the people, she pulls in Robot Man. And she kind of rolls her eyes and just like, oh, this, this is the last person I wanted to help me. And he's like, you got to deal with it. So it's a Zatanna slash Robot Man uh, Justice League Dark type of episode. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, it's. I highly recommend it. I picked it up as well when I was at the store. Um, and then, I mean, everything that Dawn of DC has been doing is actually pretty good. Um, I highly recommend a, a lot of it. Uh, the Superman issue has been great. Um, Cyborg has his own issue. I thought that one was great too. And Titans is phenomenal um, with um, with Dick Grayson and Night as Nightwing. Um, the Titans have kind of stepped in as the Justice League because the Justice League are disbanded and no more at this point in, in Dawn of DC. So Titans is phenomenal. Again, Peacemaker makes an entrance in Titans and kind of tries to say that the Titans have to bow to the will of the gov- government. So that's an interesting uh, story beat there. And, uh, of course, we mentioned Spirit World when we did the preview of Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Uh, but I've been reading Spirit World as well, and I think that's a fantastic character. It's the it's a very cool mix of the Justice League dark type of tone and atmosphere, but it has like this Chinese superhero uh, along with Black Bat, uh, Cassandra Kane, and it's it's just phenomenal. So it's it's a really cool read. I highly recommend that one as well. Um but I remember yeah. talking about it. Um, yeah, that looked pretty interesting. Maybe I'll borrow it from you. We talked about it on another podcast that we do, which we're recording new episodes for, which is DC Cinematic Minute. Um, as we do, we're about to soon release new episodes of um, Justice League Minute by Minute on our DC Cinematic Cinematic Minute podcast. Um, but we talked about that you don't really see superheroes with uh, swords as much anymore. And she does have a giant cool magic sword so it is kind of cool to see that um but yeah let's talk about unstoppable doom patrol today we're talking about issue four like i said and it is titled uh breakdowns and breakthroughs um this one is uh saving the world by saving the monsters isn't easy and the world's strangest superheroes need someone even stranger to help them process everything they endure join doom patrol's resident therapist dr cinco as she channels five fifth-dimensional entities into one super-consciousness to delve deep into the psyches of or the psyches of Robot Man, Elastic Woman, Negative Man, and more in yeah. Breakthrough Breakdowns. 
Uh, we get a uh, we get a therapy patrol. Another another <laughs> therapy patrol. Yes, we do. What did you think about this one? It was good. It's always just a nice beat. Um, that's why I think like this was. It's like this this issue could have been, you know, it 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 worked that it was like inserted here after like you know the the couple missions and whatever. But it seems very much kind of like an insert. It's like a breather, right? It's like a yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's first of all, I think this character, Doctor Cinco, is like. It's very well thought out, thought out, and um, she obviously. I love the way that her name is spelled, where it's like Doctor Cinco. Obviously, five fifth dimensional, five entities, all this kind of stuff. But then it's spelled S Y N C H O. So like mm-hmm. synchronous and like to sync with the person that you're talking to, or that all the entities are synchronized. Like that synchronicity. I I really like that idea, and so it is. To me, it feels like a Grant Morrison ode where it's like, yeah, remember when Grant Morrison was writing all this Doom Patrol stuff and it had like this layered meaning and all this influence? Like it's it's a really cool, trippy character that Dennis Culver has created. And, you know, like the thing of like, oh, each and each um, I won't try to pronounce their names, but each entity like has like J.E.R.R.Y. So. You can call me Jerry if you want. Um, that I like too. And again, it just it it taps into like that flavor that Grant Grant Morrison yeah. had with with Doom Patrol that I really liked. Yeah, uh, um, just a lot of like real real good play on on words and just literation in general. Um, yeah, even like with like the being able to actually see the text for you to to see that it's J E R R Y. Like, oh, okay, that. That yeah. works. It all is really well thought out. Um, I also really like just like the fifth dimensional plane, safe space plane that they all are able to go to. Like that's a really cool idea for a therapy session. Um, I mean, it being just amongst the cosmos in general is just, you know, that's sign me up, honestly, any, <laughs> any given day. Um, Nate's like, yeah, oh, very... if you make therapy fun like that, I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, my last therapist when I was, uh, he was, this was at a time when, um, this was a long time ago, he would always talk about Lord of the Rings, and I didn't like Lord of the Rings back then, I was a, I was a little kid, and like, I don't like Star Wars, so like, I never liked him, because he would only talk about Lord of the Rings, never liked Star, <laughs> never talked about Star Wars, so I was like, I don't like this guy. Nah, um, okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, put me in space and therapy, shit, I'll go. Yeah, there's a really cool thing that happens. Um, my favorite one would have to be like Rita Farr because, yeah, like you said, the way that the cosmos, uh, like this inner mind cosmos starts warping, there's a way that Rita Farr is talking about her past and her present and her future. And it kind of like she's in those moments doing those things as she's talking about it. And all the characters that talk, that have their therapy session will talk about it. Um but like you said earlier, Nate, there is a different artist that's doing this comic book or this issue, and it's uh, David LaFuente. Uh, he did uh, he worked in Marvel for a bit doing uh, Ultimate Spider-Man for a bit, and I, I really liked the art style here. So and, and of course, it still has the, the same colorist, which I think is Chris Reber uh, or Brian Reber. I'm sorry. And Brian Reber. So having that same colorist 
Um, it doesn't feel too far off from what Chris Burnham was doing, but I also really like what LaFuente was doing, making things a little bit simpler and like, um, like, uh, how, how best to describe it? Like, it was just like solid, solid images. Um, I don't want to say it was like too anime-ish, but it, it very much had like a, a more joyful tone to the book as it talks about therapy. So there was something about it that I really liked. Obviously the colors are the same, but like just as far as the images themselves, um, it just had like more of a fun, youthful energy to it. Yeah, I agree. The colors definitely helped a lot for the, the fun aspect of it. Um, the more I'm looking at the panels of this book, I'm um, the more I want to say that this is more, in my opinion, more accustomed to, oh boy, I don't, eh. it's like I can't say traditional and I can't say mainstream, but like this just seems like very much so Marvel now. And that, oh, that yeah. phrase is outdated at this point, yeah, but yeah. like, I don't, do you know what I mean when I say yeah, that? Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, that looks very Marvel now. It's like, oh, uh, okay, I can see that. And LaFuente probably did that. Um, he, did, he's, he worked on Ultimate stuff. Yeah, I can. Yeah, Ultimate, I can, Ultimate I can Comic Spider-Man. Yeah, is what I, yeah. most known for, for, for doing that. Yes. Um, but, um, and then I want to talk about some other art which is the the covers. I do want to talk about the covers real quick um, because Chris Burnham did do the the cover art. So if you buy like the traditional uh, variant A um, or cover A, it is Chris Burnham doing a like a, a kind of like a John, John Carpenter's The Thing amalgamation of the five Doom Patrol characters that we'll be talking about today. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're all budding out of Dr. Cinco's head as if they were Jerry and it's all like this pain and terror and stuff. And so there you get that Chris Burnham of like the, you know, the line work and all this, um, monstrosity of the doom patrol. And then when you turn it, turn into the book, then it's got like cleaner lines and it's, you know, it's not as terrifying to look at Dr. Cinco. And if anything, it just looks kind of like, I don't know, like you're staring at a, a Bjork music video, you know, it just, <laughs> so it is a little bit more playful. Um, and that's good. Cause I mean, if, if this was all, you know, Chris Burnham, then it probably would have been, uh, too psychotic. It would have been maybe too, too Richard Case, Grant Morrison, where you're just like, this stuff is freaking me out, man. I'm having a trip reading this book. So they didn't want to do that. And, uh, there's something they say in this book, but it's like, it's meta that the Doom Patrol has gained popularity, has become mainstream, not just in media and in our pop culture and in our reality, but in the comic book universe as well. In Dawn of DC, in the DC comics, the Doom Patrol and their shelter that is within Kansas, there are all eyes on it, like Batman, Peacemaker, etc. Everyone is tuned into what the Doom Patrol are doing and what they're up to. So it makes sense to kind of bring a little of that mainstream flavor to Doom Patrol. So if people are going to pick up the book in our reality, that they're going to sit and stay a while. And yeah. um, 
the other thing is the, the the influence that the TV show has on this unstoppable Doom Patrol. I mean, you look at, uh, I mean, we're gonna today on, on the issue we're gonna be talking about um, Rita Farr, Larry Trainer, Robot Man, and Crazy Jane, all who are main characters in the TV show, and they all look and act and share a history that is very you know ties very much into like hey the show is so successful we're going to merge that into this world almost as yeah. if like this is a continuation um, it, it did feel like that at, at one point it really did feel like the show could have been a prequel to this unstoppable uh version um yeah and it you know it, it exists somewhere uh before um the Gerard Way yeah. reboot as well. It's like it's kinda it kinda runs parallel almost to that. Um but yeah, it definitely could be very well tied into it. I don't I don't know if they, they, they might add something in, you know? To yeah. be honest, we we And it, there's yeah. a writer's strike going on, but you know, we're <laughs> supposed to be having a whole nother season. They could do whatever they want. Yeah. And, uh, but like you wouldn't tie it into just like a mini series book. Uh, I don't see. That's what I was gonna say because like, um, each character that we know from from a while now, like Rita and Larry and and Cliff, they when when they're talking to Jerry, they are connecting everything. Like they're saying, "Hey, you know, I you know I, I used to be part of this team." I died once from a gene bomb. I died again. My brain was destroyed. It came back. I was somehow a comic book character. And then I manifested into the real world again. And then my brain was destroyed again. And like they reference everything that has happened from every different Doom Patrol writer and have said like, you know, their history has never been truly erased or, or rebooted. They've somehow just been squeeze through the white space over and over again and they've been there so it's it's a weird continuity continuity that they um somehow retain and share which makes them even stranger um that they remember it all so it's possible when they're saying things that reference back to arnold drake's run or grant morrison i think it would be easy just to slip in something that happened in the TV show and reference that. Um, and I think that would only further the connection that new readers that are reading this because they watch the show, then they go and they point and they go, Oh, I remember when Admiral Whisker is like, you know, if, if Cliff were to say like, Oh, you know, I once was controlled by a revenge plotting rat when I accidentally ran up, ran his mother over it'd be like, <laughs> you know, just one of those moments. So our, um, there's been so many flashbacks in Unstoppable Doom Patrol. They just had a flashback, um, like they do in this comic book about Animal Vegetable Mineral Man, that yeah. they do that with um, uh, Ezekiel and Ad- Admiral Whiskers making out over. That very well could be just like a blip into like, oh yeah, that was an event that happened in the Doom Patrol, yeah, realm of their <laughs> missions, like a giant rat and. A cockroach. Uh, a cockroach. Making just... out over Danny the Street. It just yeah. that's just what the show's about. Um Yeah, absolutely. There's amazing things. Um but one of the other art things I wanted to talk about, again, before we get into the story, um, is I picked up 
this variant. I, I think it's variant C, if I'm correct, or variant... Yeah, it's variant C. Um, and again, I, I feel like this ties into more like the show because it has nothing to do with the story that goes on, but it's it's great artwork. I saw it and I said, okay, I'll take this one. It's the 1 in 25 variant by artist Lairex. Um, and it's like, you know, Beast Girl, Cliff, Larry, and Rita, and they're doing karaoke. And it's like this very, um, like, shiny. Very kawaii. Yeah, very cute anime drawing of the of the core Doom Patrol, or the, the orange team, they call them. And uh, first of all, I just, I, I love the detail of, like, the Doom Patrol symbol being in Larry's sunglasses. I think it's a very cool little touch that they got there but overall great cover had to get it beautiful work shout out to Larex for doing it um i was looking at some of the other work they did and it just is phenomenal so i had to get that one had nothing to do with the story but it was so worth it i had to cop it um but yeah so let's go ahead and get started with the story we're gonna be talking about one two three four five six doom patrol characters uh, the first one being Degenerate, and this one, kind of the same way. So when we first met Degenerate in issue one, um, he kind of likes being angry. He doesn't really want to talk about his past. Obviously, his anger makes him more powerful, which makes him devolve into his degeneracy. So he's kind of in that vicious cycle. Um, but what I like about the character is that they they choose to kind of like they show that he's going to therapy like especially in issue two they show that he storms out of this therapy office when um beast girl introduces the worm to jerry so degenerate like storms out of the office but then in issue four we kind of actually see what those sessions are like and what i liked about this whole entire issue is again they do this past present future of therapy patrol so we're going to start with a character that is just now meeting jerry they're struggling to open up about themselves and so jerry's asking a lot of questions to try and pry degenerate to open up because um as it's shown in the book the cosmos will show and reveal all of what Degenerate is thinking. So whether Degenerate doesn't want to talk about it or not, it's shown. And so it prompts um, Jerry to try to get Degenerate to act instead of just speaking about what's on, what's on his mind. And so he's a, he's a tough shell to crack. But as we move over to the different Doom Patrol characters, we'll start with then Rita, Larry, and Robot Man, and then and then finally Beast Girl. And what you see when you look at all those characters in a bigger picture, you see a progression chart. You see someone who doesn't want to open up, someone who is healing, and they don't know if that's a good thing. Um, you'll see someone who thinks they've healed, and then life hits them hard. And then you finally end up on Beast Girl, and Beast Girl's like, 
nope, I went through it. I figured it out. You know, I'm with my new family and I'm kind of happy. And, you know, there's always going to be challenges, but I'm good. And then Jerry's just kind of like, okay, yeah, we're good. We're not, see you later. And, you yeah. know, and so there's something I, I, I loved narratively, the way that Dennis Culver was able to be like, let's do past, present, future, and also a progression of therapy, like how yeah. you would go about. So, um, of course, Degenerate is like, there's not much to dive deep into that character because that character just is um, stubborn or they have their walls up. Um, so they do some fun stuff and they show what happened with Animal Vegetable Mineral Man um, and the zombies that they were doing. I I don't know who who this lady is that they're rescuing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say because they're not brought up at all. Yeah. So like this this animal vegetable mineral man fight happened in last issue. Yeah. Um and it was just like one it was a half a page uh of just a fight scene. Um nowhere did I see this uh baseball tee red converse um person. And I and I'm I I feel like I should be like, you know, I feel like I should know who this person is, you know, like, oh, what's happening? Um, and then, you know, my mind starts to, to race with other things. Like, why is, like, is she, her, her wrists are uh, bandaged or is that a bracelet? Mm. If it's bandaged from, you know, uh, a self-harm thing, then that's like, obviously someone that the Doom Patrol was trying to help and target and, and stuff. Um, so it kind of works. Um, the character's hair also changes color from this uh, orange to uh, a blonde after Rita is um, consulting them. So I don't really, I don't know. You know, maybe and, this is something that'll happen in next issue. And is the crystal, is that her? Is that their power? Yeah, or maybe. Or is that a mineral from AVM? Does she have more mineral crystal crystalline? powers and the and the mineral side started to come out even more than the uh, animal or vegetable side i don't know but i just noticed that triceratops has a trucker hat and that's really distracting me <laughs> yeah but yes of course i i i don't know what's going on with this character um the 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 color and the design almost looks like casey brink i don't want to put that energy out there i i, I, I stopped myself from saying that yeah but you pointed out the red shoes, and then I saw the red shoes, and I went, "Hey, you know what? Why are you wearing all blue and red shoes? That's not that's that's weird. We what you got going on there? So yeah, um, good call out there. I don't it's, I, and I, I checked, I checked too. I, I you know I went on uh, League of Comic Books. You know, there's always people who updated with like all the tidbits about what happened in this issue, and of course, all the characters are listed. And even in issue two, when the worm was introduced um they'll they'll put it right there they'll be like you know new characters that show up boom boom and um this character nowhere to be found so um you're right this this character is a new uh mystery it's character a mystery. it's a mystery yeah. <laughs> um but i think the biggest takeaway that i got from degenerate's uh session was that um he truly believes that or he at least believes in the doom patrol's cause um I think he wants it to work, but again, he's obviously scared to not be angry to lose his powers. Um, so that's, you know, 
a Hulk kind of thing. You know, you gotta you gotta find that that moment in in between. Um, mm-hmm. So so work on yourself. But uh, but yeah, I I did think that um, you know, he's still there. He's sticking around. Yeah, degenerate isn't like up and leaving. Like he's he's still there. He went on a mission. He went on a field trip. You know, and he still asked. He had the second thought to ask, why did you clear me for the field mission? Yeah. And the answer was, well, actions speak louder than words. You had to, you had to see this team in action. You had to see what they're about to, to actually understand it. You know, you were in a blind rage when they picked you up. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's synonymous with, you know, whether you go to a therapist, which is like you sit down and you talk to an actual therapist one, one-on-one or you lay on that that like Freudian couch. Yeah. Right. Or you go to a rage room and you just start smashing toasters and, you know, breaking objects and smashing windows and glass. And you pay 20 bucks to do that. Or you pay 20 bucks to see a therapist. Both of them. $20 to see a therapist. With the right insurance, I guess your copay. (laughs) Mine, mine was 35 a month. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, you get my point. It's inflation. It happens. Um, it's uh, but yeah. So when when she signs degenerate off to go work in the field with the orange team, I think it's synonymous with being like, well, sitting here in therapy doesn't really help. We can, you know, I'll keep inviting you back because I want you. I want you to kind of debrief me when you've you spent all your rage out there. But yeah, maybe going out into the field and fighting Doom Patrol villains or stopping Doom itself, like maybe that is your rage room. Maybe you just need to blow off steam by breaking things. And uh, yeah, uh, that that's that's probably the best kind of therapy for him. I would agree. What I what I really like is is the the segue here because. When when talking about this new metahuman that they rescue from AVM is that Rita Farr helps calm this person down. And what it does is it kind of it helps segue to talk about Rita's session for a moment. And first of all, I just I love this moment of the comic book. Um, it's something that I've, I've had a question about since we first started talking about Unstoppable Doom Patrol. And that is um, where. Um, you know, what's going on inside Rita Farr's head? Because they kind of treat her as the lead on the mission, um, or at least since the chief, and I'm speaking about Crazy Jane's personality, um, the chief will kind of have uh, Rita uh, lead the mission or, or, you know, you know, take it away and, and do and do something with the group. And there's always like this, oh, okay. And I've always question that i've always questioned like you know in in our in our history with doom patrol sometimes rita far can be kind of the the straight person amongst the group and this session here really opens that up and shows that sometimes people are hiding a lot of things internally and it's a great way for dennis culver to write out that this is a closeted person and we're just now realizing that all the times in, in her speech bubbles where there's been that hint of doubt, that that was real doubt that's just been, you know, uh, being held down. And so we, of course, we get great art. Again, we 
we think it's influenced by the TV show. Um, obviously, we've never really seen like this um, stressed out Rita where she's, she melts down. So that's something mm-hmm. that um, Jeremy Carver really introduced with the, the Doom Patrol series. Um, and then it goes into her history. And there's a lot of great things to love about that. Um, but I think her therapy session resonated with me the most. Um, and I'm curious if, if any of them resonated with you, Nate. Um, but it's, it's what Rita says um, in, in, in like kind of like the finale of their therapy session where she says like, or a Jerry calls it out. She says, could you be feeling guilt for for where you are in life right now because you're you're so worried about um your past that it's like you're happy now mm-hmm. and you've suffered so much and you and you've, you you you've overcome so much could you be feeling guilt now could you be feeling guilty that you're happy now while others are still suffering and that is that is the the doubt that you 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 create you manifest in yourself and your anxiety is is it festers from it and so that's something i wrestle with because right now in my life i feel i feel better i feel more accomplished i feel like i'm getting places you know i don't really have like a lot of the day-to-day struggles that i used to or and that i was really having during the pandemic um you know two, three years ago, my, my mental health was not where it was. Uh, it is now. And I think I've had moments like that where I'll just be in a, in a, in a moment of like boredom and realize that my boredom is like the antithesis to fear or anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and just being able to be bored it it should be should be cherished. I should be like it should be like this is amazing. You know, my my financial situation has gotten better. My uh, love life has gotten better. Like I'm with a person that I'm happy to spend the rest of my life with. Like so much of my life has progressed. Um, it's so much every 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 corridor, and I feel that way with with Rita Far, where it's like oh you've overcome so much, and yet you feel guilty about others who still um are stuck in 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 that in that trouble and and then there of course there's doubt and then it's almost like pandora's box like all these great things and then at the bottom of it is fear um it's just one of those things i I really resonated with rita far um did any of them resonate with you nate in particular um yeah i think the (laughs) the larry trainer one um Often because there was there was one part that um, resonated with me, and it was um, kind of like the uh, the mantra that uh, he kept on he kept on saying throughout the um, throughout the session um, was that pretty much like everything comes crashing down, and uh, that's just like the story of Larry Trainer, and uh, it's kind of uh, the story of just like a very selfish <laughs> person that is like a. a you know, I don't need, my problems are my problems, they're nobody else's, and uh, I don't really want to pay attention to them, so they'll just, like, go away if I don't pay attention to them. And then all of a sudden, reality hits, and it's like, oh, well, your plane just crashed down to the ground. It's like, oh, okay, I get that, you know? Um, so, yeah, that one was, was uh, hit, hit a little home, which is still fun, because I have always um, 
just resonated with Negative Man and Larry Trainer. Um, you know, I, I had to learn the differences in, in Rebus and, and, and Key and everything, and um, that was great. But Larry Trainer, at, at the end of the day, of just this, uh, you know, guy that wants to act but is always second guessing because, you know, he's, he's fearful. Mm-hmm. you know for others and and for himself and you know all that stuff um but then you know kind of comes out as a hero um <laughs> through the negativity um yeah. which is which is fun because that's like you know you're supposed to address that that shadow person exists um you just have to learn how to use it you know um not so much as control um, but so much as uh, coexistence, you know, yes. and not just uh, using it as baggage. Um, that's the other thing. It's uh, you can't just like kind of bottle it all up or even not j- just pack it up into this one, you know, shadow entity. Um, and then just say, go, go do your own thing. Like you, you're, you're the negative side. You, you do you, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like you, if, when you say the wrong thing, and then you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna shut up for the rest of eternity. I'll I'll, I'll keep my walls up now. I won't yeah. I won't say anything anymore. I'll just keep to myself. And then those people say, well, you don't communicate as much. Maybe you should open up and communicate. It's like no, because yeah. last time I said anything, the world went to shit, and so I'm better off just keep my mouth shut. But then the world's gonna go to shit again anyway. So it's like, yeah. what's the point in talking about my feelings? So yeah, you know, he he struggles with opening up about who he really is and what he's really about. And, you know, he struggles with that. And because he's afraid that if he opens up, and he will, he'll suffer some sort of backlash for who he is. Um, um, or even go back to suffering. That's the other thing. It's yeah. like Larry Trainer feels uh, that he has passed that point in his life. And it's like, oh, well, why should I still, suffer again? I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, like, well, that trauma just, you know, stays, stays with him. It makes you who you are. You're not supposed to just, uh, you know, there is a there's a weird Lois Lane analogy where you pack, give it one last look, pack it up, and put it under the bed or some whatever she did. <laughs> I understand absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's like well, maybe you're not supposed to do that. Um, you're supposed to just you know Learn. keep working your way through it and remember that that's supposed to be something that you're working on, yeah. not putting it away. And and he's one of those people that he has a partner with, with, with Keek. It's like, that is your partner. You're supposed to learn to be able to open up and, and go back and forth with that person instead of creating, like he said, such a toxic positivity that then Keeg is like, okay, well, you know, if you don't feel like talking to me and, and, and opening up about your negativity, then I'm just going to go leave for a bit. And so it shows that balance that they're working on. And that's yeah. what he needs to be okay with. That was another thing that I remember. I feel like in uh, the beginning of Gerard Way's uh, series, Negative Man needed uh, to get in confrontations to, to feed off of negative energy. So it was more of um, like, you know, that's where I thought like the, to- the toxic positivity came in where I was like, oh, so like you like, went the other way. Like, you're trying to be so positive that you shut out the negativity, and yet now the negative spirit has nothing to go on. So you have to create these terrible situations for you to feed off of it just so the negative spirit can 
exist within you like mm-hmm. that's that's wrong you know yeah yeah the wrong way of going about it um and then so moving over to to robot man this one was a little more straightforward i, I can't remember uh, you know there there is a thing of robot man you know he kind of is, is becoming a control freak a little bit but um I, this is what we were talking earlier about this about um he he believes he's some sort of he has this quantum connection um with his memory or his brain like his brain is somehow meta uh, has like these meta human abilities where he can remember all the timelines and all the times that he's died and come back and so this one just really crazy trippy artwork going on here as it explains his his timeline um but i really enjoyed this moment and there's even a reference to robot man being this defensive planet almost like he's unicron or something um mm-hmm. but i but i did enjoy that but i i, I loved what he was saying is he, he really cares about the doom patrol as he's come to to know them and uh he worries so much about them so um in in this scenario jerry's just saying that you know like it's time for you to to truly let go um <laughs> and let jesus take the wheel so to speak <laughs> uh trust in your teammates is pretty much what it is um i think it was a really cool way to just streamline um the complete storyline of robot man mm-hmm. um like really streamline it um i mean like in a lot of it you kind of just like kn- want to know like okay so yeah, that happened, and you got your brain squished like three or four times. But you know, you came back. Like, I I get it, but um, I don't know. It was just a really good. <laughs> I thought it was a, just a good montage. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, that uh, crazy Jane that's in that in that splash, uh, that looks just like like Diane's character from the TV mm-hmm. show. Like the the crazy Jane that I know from. Grant Morrison was more of like an androgynous, like hermaphrodite kind of character, yeah. and uh, and and of course, Crazy Jane in in the Grant Morrison run, very, this is like punk, yeah, punk Jane, yeah. yeah. This is this is like Diane HBO Max version Doom Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing to note on the splash page, and I don't know if this is this is my, what my mind immediately went to, but uh, in this splash page that you see, um like these like this children version this child version of of Cliff and uh and Jane that you know getting in touch with his younger self they have these over their this negative space white circle um over their head and that really looks <laughs> like christian like bi- like the biblical me. halo very very much so like a halo or like a a saintly or like a holy depiction of these characters um that's wild, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wonder why. Like, because you don't that, see it. What in is anywhere what else. is the choice there? Yeah, what is that? That looks very. And like, man, why, if I had one question, <laughs> why the lightning into the yeah, like the very Roman Catholic halo painting, almost like uh, the the stained glass halos that they would put, um, and there'd be you know. You know, coming from one Hispanic family, maybe it's a question for David LaFuente, like, you know, your Hispanic background, like, that was just something, maybe, maybe he is really Is it supposed to, to be, like, cherub-like? Is that a thing? Oh, maybe I'm missing that. 
Oh, it could. Yeah, it could. And and like maybe oh, we're man. catching on to something that is is you know being referenced by La Fuente. La Fuente. Yeah. So, like that's uh, was that how Cherub, you know, the the younger, uh, ch- childlike, the innocence before yeah, the, the innocence world came was crashing to be down. Yeah, the reality. Yeah. So. Maybe, maybe. Um, Peacemaker on this panel looks very much like RoboCop, <laughs> Judge Dredd. Like even Judge Batman Dredd. is like straight up out of the cartoon show Brave and the Bold. Like it is that it does have that cartoonish pop, like that Saturday morning cartoon. Or yeah. even um, did you ever watch that JLA show that came out recently? I want to say it came out like 2010 ish, not even 2016. Hmm. It um. It was supposed to be no. like a new Justice League animated show, um, and it's uh, I think it, the main cast was just like Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, and it, it came out like 2016. I want to say it was just called JLA only, um, and it kind of had like this um, softer animation than what you would remember from the Bruce Tim era of justice yeah no i don't remember i'm sure if i saw a picture i'd be like oh yeah and but like me being completely uninterested for me to just not remember right now wow that's something else (laughs) absolutely um but yeah we'll we'll cut over to to beast girl just real quick because um we talked about it already um but beast girl uh has an origin here and so at first yeah it's it's kind of like okay who's this character we're talking about but then once she mentions that she was cornered by like these coyotes um and this her meta human abilities are starting to activate you do, do see her transform into uh beast girl and uh, I, I love the origin. I love these the therapy session with Jerry, and I love how um, uh, Beast Girl like advises us on like what it means, uh, what family really means. Um, and so there, you know, it's just this great story about this this character that you know I'm I'm meeting for the first time because it's a new character, but I'm already like. This is a cool character. I like this. I like having someone with a little bit of optimism in the group to kind of um to bring that that childlike innocence that you know we just talked about with with Cliff Steele being uh, I guess a robot kid. I don't know. I, maybe yeah. it's just the way he remembers things. But um yeah, I I loved her origin story. Uh, I mean with- very much like fits the bill of just how Beast Boy did, you know, back in the day of mm-hmm. being the kid on the team, you know. That was so like it's it's cool that it's a brand new character, um, but at the same time it still is very reminiscent. Yeah, of the previous character, like they have their still Beast Boy again now. Yeah, and it fits the formula of the Doom Patrol. Like technically, this isn't a new, uh, like um, oh god, what do you what do you call it? Dynamic. New, like it's not dynamic. it's not a new dynamic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 There is um, um again another TV show influence is Flit here. Uh Crazy Jane's other personality, Flit, mm-hmm. being the being the one to transport them. And of course it has all the eighty shapes and, and and squiggly lines and stuff. So it has like that pop up of the way Flit teleports people. Um but yeah, she's getting to know Flit. She's getting to know Niles Calder, which in in this big panel here, it is kind of like all right, we just got introduced to a very nice person. Now it's Calder's in the room. Now I'm kind of concerned. Now I'm like, hey, don't you do anything messed up, okay, man? Because you're up to all kinds of nefarious stuff all the time. 
Um, so again, seeing now is Calder, even for a moment, is like a red flag to me when I uh, see him. Yeah, but there's there's stars depicted around him in this uh, little generated memory. So she thinks it, fondly it, she, of him. She thinks fondly of him. Um, she's tearing up on this table, like this testing table. Obviously, that's you know a child being scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but Niles Calder has stars around him, and he's very you know much. All FDR'd out with the polio and the blanket and <laughs> Yes, of course, yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. cool. Um and then below again, there's There you go. This, here we go again. This is maybe I should flip a couple page back to see if it happens again, but we have another Halo esque circle um surrounding the chief's head, the alternate version, the Yeah, does Crazy it happen Jane to the other personality control characters and we missed out on it? Like because we have Crazy Jane, Robot Man, um, or yeah, it happens twice now with Crazy Jane. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're on to something. No, I don't think so. Maybe maybe you just got lucky. Maybe there's maybe there's just I, something going on with Crazy Jane with like the I think it's I think it's innocence. I think it's child innocence or, or whatever that Christian allegory is. Yeah. <laughs> or sorry, you, not, look at that. you know, yeah, maybe not just Christian. It's it's religious, whatever. Yeah, well, I, I understand. It can go either way. Um, yeah, but even the the way that Beast Girl is like leaping in the air, it's very cartoon like. Uh, I just love the energy, and of course, I love the ending to this session where Jerry's just like, "Cool, awesome, see you later." Yeah, right. <laughs> just like therapy with a kid, you just kind of, you know, that's it, said and done. But she um, has it straight more than. Uh, you know, some of our, our classic Doom Patrol um, residents, so. Um, right. And then, But, like, you know, the Doom Patrol have worked hard to get to this point for yes. their people to feel this way. That is, that should reflect on the Doom Patrol, like. And there's nothing to say that Beast Girl won't eventually um, have another traumatic experience as, as she grows up. I mean, she's young. She's got a lot to, to go through. All right, well, don't don't hope for the word okay yeah, i say on. hope i hope i didn't <laughs> um, um crazy jane this is interesting wasn't expecting this uh beast girl you know leaving the therapy office like okay bye see you later jerry and then um you know the chief is there they they talk with dr cinco for a bit and then um it's just just the fact that crazy jane then walks into the room you go wait a minute, you're talking about like this multi-minded therapist talking to this multi-minded metahuman and they're going to have a one-on-one session, which is really like a a five-on-64 session, yeah. you know? So It shouldn't work. It should be, or, well, it should be chaotic. It should be like a, a, you know, just a clash of worlds coming together. Um, as they tried to, I mean, uh, could Jerry even uh, control that many personalities? I don't even know. I feel like just like Dr. Harrison would just step up and just be like, "Nope, this is it." Now oh it's therapist on therapist. That could have been. That like, could that, be a that may be like a defense uh, other mechanism. issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dr. Harrison against Dr. Cinco as they try to talk things out, and one would be like, "No, I've got everything control," and then Dr. Cinco would be like, "No, you don't have anything under control. It's just, it's just a." sick imagination um but yeah i it, it was such a it, it it's it's a cool way to end the book but also at the same time it's like 
keep it going. Do you get, is there more pages after this? Nope, it's just ads. All right, I guess the, I guess the comic book's over. But um, yeah, the fact that they're talking, they're like, oh, we, you know, you've never wanted to have a session before. Are you sure everything's okay? Is everyone in the underground doing okay? Um, and then, you know, that's when the chief says, yeah, everyone's happy, including Jane, um, who doesn't look happy, but, uh, no, Jane does not look happy. What do you take from that? You think, uh, you think Jane is upset that she's not primary or is, is that yeah, just, I mean, me? we've been this, we've been here before, especially with the TV show, seeing that, um, and Dr. You know, Harrison. Su- su- yeah. Yeah. Seeing the suppression of Jane. Um, I think it's just like a, a, f- a, a well-known fact now that Jane is supposed to be primary. Um, and if that's not the case, then there's obviously something happening. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, these personalities are, like, there's no middle ground. You know, they're not, they're they're on the far side of whatever the spectrum that they're on. You know what I mean? Like, they are, they, they, they're in. There's no, I don't know how to explain it. Like, Dr. Harrison is a therapist, but, like, the therapist of therapists kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the crazy conspiracy theory therapist type deal. Um you know, just like all the personalities like just, are just cult, like not even therapist, just like cult leader. Yeah. Like it's, it's like they're, they're the most extreme version of themselves. Um, sans Jane, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, Jane is the most extreme version of a personality that keeps all of them in check. So I think we have a pretty good understanding of Jane. Even though it may seem like you know there's, it, it's it's a mix mash of of stuff and personalities happening, but um, it seems like at least from the viewer's perspective, Jane knows what she's doing. Um, even though she says she she may not know what she's doing, I think it's like well, you know, inherently you do. You're the personality that is supposed to. So, like mm-hmm. you exist for that reason. That is why you're here absolutely and uh, you know just that that final panel um you know you have chief on the chief on one side and in the mirror you see crazy jane who's just really pissed off uh, about something or maybe that's just the way she looks all the time but i love the way that lafuente drew it I, i love that kind of like clean cut the chief with like the orange mask just a great overall design and look and then the way Crazy Jane looks it just also looks really cool. Um, I like everything about that. I notice now that that BR is Brian Reber's initial. Um, and I think on another podcast, I may have accidentally said that that was um, Chris Burnham's uh, initials. But now it makes more sense since Chris Burnham had nothing to do with the interior of this issue. That that's mm. actually Brian Reber, the colorist, doing their initial um and their final mark. you bringing that up but thanks for clearing <laughs> up uh the uh the air yeah absolutely um, one thing i want to mention is that the next issue is apparently titled assault on main street Ooh, Ooh where do you think main street is <laughs> i mean we really don't know one street right i mean here so what i can do uh let's see let's what re- are you gonna look up the synopsis yeah you want to read it real quick let's see what's going on here uh a little tease for um, issue five is who is Meta Woman? Question mark. And I'll leave it there, and I won't read any further. But yeah, who is Meta Woman? I've never heard such a thing before. About to come Me back neither. to that. <laughs> so let's go ahead and wrap up for today. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to us talk about um issue four of Unstoppable Doom Patrol. 
Um, if you guys are wanting more content, we do have a Patreon for the Dueling Genre Network. And I think at minimum, it's just $3. It really helps fund all the podcasts that the entire network creates. And if you really want to support us, the best thing you can do is leave a five-star review. It really does help our show. It helps other listeners discover our show as well. And if you want another DC-related podcast, we do DC Cinematic Minute, which is a movies-by-minute podcast, which right now we are currently covering Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. So you can go listen through minutes 1 through 110. And in October, there will be new episodes to continue on that film. So thank you all for listening. And without further ado, DJ, please take it away. (laughs) 